This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy, Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff One Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And today we are doing another of our sminty fiction segments. Uh, which is once a month, if it's not your thing, which I totally get. This current one is continuing. It is part of a, a something I wrote in 2010 for NaNoWriMo. So if you were like, hmm, this probably which could have used some up. editing. I know. Oh, I had a whole thing where I realized some people must have always been cheating at NaNoWriMo, <laughs> but not me. <laughs> I only wrote it in November. Ooh, uh, <laughs> Yes, as I'm getting ready to post my fan fiction, I just realized. <laughs> Did you figure out a name? Oh, I figured out. Oh, Samantha, I figured oh. out three names because oh. you can have a pseudonym. <gasps> you can have three plus names under the what? same account. So what? I'm going to post like my sillier uh, ones under one account, yes. my like more serious ones under another account. Yes. I, I've got a whole thing and I I'm like excited. every name. Well, I'm I do think all this. three of them, you could be like, oh, that's, I know who that is. If you know me, you'd be like, I'm pretty sure that's Annie. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. So listeners, I mean, if you find me. Well, look out. <laughs> if you know there. Annie. This is this is the test. This is the test. I'm excited. How well do you know Annie? I'm excited, but no. Oh, I think 
if you know me at all, I'm pretty sure you could be like, oh, that's Annie. <laughs> Especially if you knew like what genre I'm writing in, what fandom oh, yeah. I'm writing in. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure. Um, well, anyway, yes, I wrote this for <laughs> NaNoWriMo. It is part one of a trilogy, but I I didn't really edit them for this, partly because of time constraints, but partly because I kind of wanted to talk about what I was going through or dealing with when I wrote this, because I do find it kind of bizarre and interesting that I wrote a story about motherhood at this age when I'm not a mother. So this is a continuing, if you haven't listened, I believe we're on chapter four now, so you can find the first three chapters and a prologue uh, in our Spinty Fiction segments. Um, Content warning for infertility, viruses, government control, especially government control over women's bodies, uh, end of the world stuff. It's very dystopian. Um, Hunger and feeling like a failure as a mom. And I know that all sounds pretty grim. (laughs) It It doesn't. It does. As I said, of the times we could release this, this is perhaps the worst time. But as I said, some people like me kind of like... Yeah, reading or listening or however consuming media like this during a time like this that's similar. So a quick recap. Our main characters, Tilda and her son, Madison, are on the run from enforcers because they have fled um, the contraception centers and the Board of Better Parenting. Uh, And it is getting cold. They don't have a lot of supplies. Madison appears to be ill, which is very, very dangerous in this world. And they have a couple of diverging paths and choices to make. And those choices and paths are incredibly important to their future survival or not. So let's get in to the fiction part of this episode. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. 
Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. An oppressive silence pressed around them, the stream now stagnant, dammed with debris. The muscles in Tilda's neck hurt from straining to boost her hearing. They stepped over broken limbs, ferns tickling at their ankles. Over the edge of the road, the metal structure of a bridge came into view, growing sharper, the butresses larger, the closer they got. Madison started to hum softly. The tune was familiar, a vague, fuzzy memory at the back of her brain. Elephant, elephant, be all right, he sang almost manically. It took a minute for her to process the lyrics, amusement growing. What'd you say, Mouse? Confused at her humor, he replied unsure. Elephant will be all right. It's a song? Lips twitching, eyes not leaving the bridge as they neared, she prodded. Elephant will be all right. Madison nodded. We heard it in Kansas, he added as though she didn't believe him. She smiled affectionately down at him and he returned it tentatively. Yeah, I think I remember that. Elephant will be all right. Good song. Radiant relief shone on his face at her acceptance, but it dimmed quickly as he caught sight of the bridge, swaying slightly in the wind. It was close now. Are we going to cross it? Tilda could hear the anxiety she felt at the idea reflected in his voice, could tell he wanted her to say no. Thing was, she couldn't figure out a way they could cross it that wouldn't fall under suicidal. The metal of the bridge bent inwards and outwards, junctions pulling away from either side. She wasn't entirely positive the structure would hold. Secondly, surely the enforcers, if still in Cleo Springs, and intuition told Tilda they were, would guard the bridge. But how else could they cross? She turned her attention to the river. Dirty water flowed slowly down the center of the riverbed, tiny streams like spiderwebs in the red clay on either side, connecting and reconnecting, emptying into stagnant, muddy puddles. Still dangerous, but the better option. If they got under the bridge, maybe they wouldn't be seen. The mud would be slippery and the water frigid, but if they moved quickly, they wouldn't be in it long. And Tilda thought she could make out the blue-bordered building of a decently-sized grocery store. 
She crouched down, putting her finger to her lips. She had yet to see any enforcers, but she wasn't about to take any chances. Madison nodded, nearly smacking himself in the face to muffle a coffin time. A wince twisted across Tilda's features, but she squeezed his hand comfortingly. We're going to cross under the bridge, all right? Madison listened attentively, frightened but eager to obey her in this. It's going to be slippery and cold, but we have to be quick. We don't want anyone to see us, okay? Her whisper was almost lost, fear and urgency restricting her vocal cords, but Madison hung on to every word. Ready? Another nod. Keeping her hold on the child's hand, Tilda started in a quick crouch, treadless shoes slipping on red clay, unable to grip the slippery substance. Madison almost fell, but Tilda pulled him to his feet. Under the bridge's shadow, it was colder, a damp, biting cold. Tilda flashed Madison another look, silently asking if he was ready. The tiniest sniffle, then a nod. As close to a run as they could get bent over like this, they followed the path of shade made by the metal overhead. The clay under the bridge was a little drier, not as slippery, but their reprieve was short-lived. Both woman and child slowed as one when they reached the sluggishly flowing water, perhaps 20 feet wide and no more than six inches deep. Stealing herself, Tilda took a cautious step, almost reeling back at the cold. Before Madison could do the same, she slid her hands under his armpits and lifted him into her arms. He squeaked in surprise, instinctively wrapping his legs around her waist. She placed every foot carefully, as deftly as she could without making too much noise. The cold jolted painfully up her legs, a tingling, biting numbness spreading further the longer she was exposed to the water, her jeans wet and clinging to her skin. Her teeth began to chatter. Tilda's knees almost buckled when she emerged to the other side of the river, her legs too absent of feeling to realize that the water no longer lapped around them. Tilda didn't set Madison down until they reached the edge of the bridge, taking in the steep incline covered in vines and shrubbery, trying to find the safest route for them. Retaking Madison's hand, she pulled him around to the left side of the bridge, still hidden mostly in the shadow. Using the plants as leverage, they climbed up the slope, slipping occasionally. Both maintained an urgent silence, what Madison would call a loud quiet. Tilda doubted she'd be able to hear the enforcers over her own pounding heart. When they reached the top where the bridge rejoined the road, Tilda motioned for Madison to stop, listening intently. The bridge clanged lazily. Leaves rustled around them, but no voices. No footsteps. Arms burning and flimsy, she pulled herself up on her stomach, taking a frantic inventory of their surroundings. There was no one. No one she could see anyway. Madison clambered after her, and she pointed at the closest building caddy corner to them on the left, a chalky gray warehouse. It was off to the side and less visible than a straight path. She held up one finger, Madison swallowing at the gesture, but his face determined. She held up a second finger, then a third. They took off, sprinting for the far corner of the warehouse, the pounding of their feet unnaturally loud on the pavement. Their hands, still clasped, sung wildly between them. Once they rounded the corner, their abrupt stop almost sent them crushing onto the pavement. Panting harshly, Tilda tried to pick out the smacking of boots on asphalt, half expecting it, but her breathing made it difficult to hear much of anything else. <coughs> Madison coughed, terrified apology painted on his lips. Not pausing to think, Tilda took off at a run, pulling the boy behind her down the alley and toward the beige and blue grocery store. She didn't stop. Something primal had taken over but she stuck to the shadows, every tiny cough between rough breasts assaulting her ears. 
The back entrance of the grocery store was essentially a big loading dock. They darted through rows of abandoned semis, up some crumbling concrete stairs, and to a set of thick double doors. For a gut-wrenching moment, Tilda knew a conviction that it would be locked. But it wasn't. It was heavy, and she had to leverage her weight to hold it open a crack. Madison ducked inside, Tilda squeezing after him, biting her lip in exertion as she eased the door closed so as not to make a loud bang. She kept her palms flat against the cold metal as the sliver of light thinned and disappeared, leaving them in darkness. Her heart skittered about like a hunted rabbit, gasping breaths, scratching at her bone-dry throat. A hoarse cough caught her attention, and she pushed off the door. Blinking rapidly, her night vision started to kick in, and she took stock of their surroundings. Bits of rotting cardboard and tarnished carts were strewn across tile that had once been white, but now is covered in the dark stains of growing mold and a heavy coat of dust. She wrinkled her nose at the dust she could feel swirling in the air, and as the muted smell of rotting meat stung her nostrils, they were in the frozen meat section. Madison fumbled with her hand, grasping her fingers as they maneuvered their way further into the store, their steps the wary ones of refugees navigating a minefield. Tilda steered them to the left, away from the sour smell of spoiled milk, now able to make out the signs hanging over the aisles in the dim light. Their morbid little shopping trip was first to the snack section. She grabbed some trail mix, dried banana and mango, kale chips, a pack of granola bars, a jar of peanut butter, crackers, and some almonds, piling some in Madison's arms when her own became too full. She plucked two liter bottles of water and added them to her bounty, almost shocked at their luck. After a moment's consideration, she decided that canned goods were out, With no way to heat them that she could think of, she flirted with the idea of starting a fire in the store but decided it was too risky. The mushy contents would be less than appetizing. The thought of cold food when she was already so cold made her stomach royal. After she got some food in her stomach, she'd revisit the problem. Not to mention rifle through the clothes section for something warmer and pick up some food for their journey out of here. But she didn't want to think about that right now. That meant figuring out how to evade the enforcers and finding a way to keep going day after day after day. She glanced back, grimacing at the slightly wet footprints that they'd left in their wake. If enforcers checked inside, the marks would lead them right to their quarry. (coughs) Madison coughed again, nearly dropping some of the packages balanced precariously in his arms. Looking around, Tilda told Madison to wait where he was and darted across the aisle to a shelf opposite them, pulling down some blankets, thankfully free of mildewing, dragging them behind her with her pinky as she returned to Madison, his eyes wide and unrelenting in the dark. From the quick glimpse she got, Tilda deduced the store had been ransacked, whole aisles knocked over, a dull rainbow of spilled cereals, a messy constellation of broken printers and baby seats and other things that were no longer needed. She supposed they hadn't been the first to mine this store, not by a long shot. Depositing her snack items on a mostly empty shelf, she took out a blanket and let it billow out as she lowered it to the floor. Madison sat down, allowing the packages he carried to tumble to the center of the checked black and green fabric. Reclaiming her own freeze-dried food, she added it to Madison's stash, grabbing another one of the blankets, this one a thick blue and red, draping it across the child's thin shoulders. He wrapped his fingers around the cloth, pulling it closer around himself with a tiny hiccup. She took the last throw for herself, wearing it like a cloak. It barely put a dent in the frost penetrating her bones, but it was a start. Drink first, she ordered, and Madison obeyed. Slowly, she tacked on at his hasty gulps. He spluttered, setting the bottle on the floor and snatching up a packet of trail mix. Fixing him with a meaningful look when he commenced shoveling the mix into his mouth, she chose the dry mangoes and almonds for herself. 
At the first taste of food, a ravenous hunger exploded in her stomach. It was all she could do not to choke down the food, the mediocre at best aged snacks, delectable. She moved on to the peanut butter, twisting off the top with an almost rabid eagerness and opening a package of stale crackers, using them as vessels for the peanut spread. They crumbled under the weight of the peanut butter she attempted to heap on them. Already, Tilda felt her strength returning, but it was nowhere near enough. In that moment, she thought she could eat everything in front of her and more, and it would be nowhere near enough. Madison took a massive bite of granola, his cheeks like chipmunks. Tilda laughed quietly, accidentally swallowing a kale chip hole, but apart from a sheepish grin, the boy was clearly not deterred. A loud clang and voices stripped their faces of all traces of humor. Madison crawled over to Tilda, curling into her side. Tilda listened intently, the food like an iron weight in her gut. The voices were the lowest murmur. They were coming towards the front of the store. The softness of their steps informed her that they either suspected someone else's presence or they knew it outright. Tilda slid her eyes sideways. The noise had originated from the front of the store. If she and Madison could retreat out the back, she couldn't hear anything, no evidence of their nearness. But if they saw her footprints, there would be no hiding. Light from a flashlight swept up the center row. Pulling Madison to his feet, the blanket sliding noiselessly from his shoulders, she took cautious steps toward the back entrance, hardly daring to breathe. She kept her eyes riveted on the floor to avoid all the debris, trusting Madison to do the same. They reached the end of the snack aisle, the swinging beam of the light growing closer, a crunch as someone crushed cereal under a boot. Tilda and Madison pressed against the end of the shelf, invisible to anyone glancing down the aisle. Muffled boot stamps grew louder, White light spilled down the row on their right, pausing. Then it vanished, shifting to their left, where they'd left their snacks and blankets. The light hung there, hushed voices conversing. Tilda's mind went blank with buzzing fear. Instinct took over. She edged in the direction the enforcers had just vacated, Madison hugging to her at her waist, turning up the row the enforcers had just checked. She could hear them sorting through their snacks as she and Madison crept down the adjacent aisle, clutching to each other, two sets of eyes wide in terror. Muted boots moved closer and passed them, so close they could touch if not from the island of shelves separating them. Tilda sped up and Madison mimicked her, movements jerky but still silent as they almost stumbled to the right, taking cover behind the shelf's edge. Chest heaving silently, Tilda perked her ears. She could see the edges of the light illuminating the frozen meat section. Hope in the stranglehold of fear clawed at her insides as the two, she thought there were two, moved with quickening steps toward the back entrance that Tilda and Madison had first come through. Maybe they thought that's where the footprints led. Maybe they thought their prey had exited that way, were no longer here. The steps grew further away from the woman and the child and closer to the exit. A sense of disbelieving hope swelled up inside Tilda. The enforcers were going to walk away. She and Madison were going to escape. <coughs> Madison coughed. The sound wrenched from him forcefully past the frantic hands Madison slapped over his mouth. Time froze. Silence as the trajectory was set. Unstoppable. It had been there all this time, waiting to be put into motion, but in this moment, there was an eternity, realities and unrealities and never-could-bes weaving the fabric of everything together, tenuous. No mercy, no considerations, 
everyone was connected. The enforcers reversed. Tilda started in a crouching run as quietly as she could muster, pulling Madison behind her. She turned down an aisle of clocks, glancing over her shoulder. The light bobbed in their direction with increasing speed. She twisted at the end of the row of clocks to the right once again, down an aisle of empty and toppled picture frames. Tilda skidded to the side to avoid a pile of metal frames, almost ramming into the opposite shelf. Correcting herself, hoping that the emergency exit in the store was in the same place as in most superstores, she led Madison into the automotive section, the bouncing of their pursuers' boots getting louder. Dodging toppled items, they ran, the enforcers closing in. The emergency exit, just a little bit further. Tilda broke into a full-out run when Madison coughed again. She threw her hands out, nearly slamming into the metal bar as she forced the door open. The hinges whined, the thick door thudding shut behind them. They found themselves in a dark cement hallway, metal railings sneaking around two descending ramps that led to another door. Hardly pausing, Tilda jogged down the ramp and nearly smacked into the door when the handle resisted her grip. She jiggled it frantically, gritting her teeth, and with no warning, it gave. Light dazzled their eyes, but they couldn't stop. Tilda turned to the left and ran as fast as she could without dragging Madison off his feet, sticking to the sides of the buildings, barreling down the second alley they passed on the left. Things could have been so different had they gone to the right. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. 
In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And that brings us to the end of the fiction reading, chapter four of Terminus. And as always, thanks to our amazing producer, Christina, for making these happen. She's fantastic. One of the things... Well, first of all, I did want to say for anybody who was like, huh, yes, that was a Jimmy Eat World song that was mentioned. If you know it, then you know it. Um, Otherwise, (laughs) because that's when I was a kid. Jimmy Eat World was one of the first CDs I bought with my own money. And Did I make her listen to it recently? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Truth. And I, for a long time, I believed the lyrics were, elephant, elephant will be all right. Um... So, <laughs> just put that in here. Uh, I I do love when you get older and you realize you've been mispronouncing or you didn't understand lyrics for for your whole life, essentially. I still don't understand them. <laughs> yeah. There's plenty of songs where I'll I'll be singing karaoke. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I've got That's that wrong. That's what that means. Forever. Uh, One of the things I wanted to talk about briefly in this discussion section that we haven't talked about yet, but we have talked about on past episodes of this, is that whole idea of virginity being like this ultimate prize. Like, it's something that you give up. And in this world, is seen as very, not only shameful, um, not only stigmatized, but also like, you will destroy the world because you had sex. And that you're ruined after sex. Then let's destroy that (laughs) Because it's, you know, Tilda has all this internalized stigma around it because she has the, um, there are the marks on her face that, you know, so everyone knows after you've had sex because you get these marks on your face. And it is seen as you didn't do your duty, essentially. Like, you have failed and now humanity continues to die off because you have failed. And also with a really gross layer of you failed because you're a human, I guess. Like, you didn't do sex like we want you to do sex. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't do that sex. Yeah, yeah. And I just find it fascinating again because I was writing this when I was just coming out of college and given what we've talked about of my own trauma on here like looking back at this I do feel like I have a better understanding of why because when I wrote this it it felt to me like it came out of nowhere mm-hmm. like I it just suddenly I was like oh this is the story I want to write I had never thought about it before it just 
sort of happened. And then when I looked back, I was like, that's, I don't know why I felt so compelled to write about this. But now that I've done some self-reflection, we've talked about some of these things on the show, I understand it better now. But this idea, especially when you're younger as a woman of like, oh, if I have sex, I have lesser value to society. And this idea that you have to, if sex for a woman is about having a baby and not for pleasure or not for anything else. So that's something we'll be talking about more as we get more in depth of these. As I said, this was the first kind of action chapter. So I hope, I mean, it was a little actiony, <laughs> but um, we'll see. There's more to come. I hope that I pulled it off somewhat. Uh, but in the meantime, I uh, hope you're enjoying these. If you have any theories about what's going to happen, I'd love to hear them. If you have any like fiction in the public domain that we could do something with, <gasps> yeah. like on this segment with sound effects and stuff, please let us know. You can email us at stephaniedmomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuff I never told you. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I never told you is production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.